So we're talking about staying steady in times of weakness. Staying steady in times of weakness. So we're going to be, I'm going to be talking about spiritual energy. Hallelujah. How to actually live in a, in a state of heightened spiritual energy, which is through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Even us believers, we can get kind of weak sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? Tired. So I don't know if anybody here, you ever feel this sense of powerlessness in your life? Like like it, like it's too hard to, to overcome certain things. Anybody? Have you ever been hurt by someone else's sinful ways? To the point where you run out of energy and focus. Anybody? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just normal. Like, have you, do you ever feel like kind of dry and tired? Yeah. And so tonight, I want, I, want to, I want to talk about that. The opposite of that. Because we can fall into this trap. Of feeling dry, of feeling weak, of feeling tired all the time. I want us to be overcomers. To have enough energy to fulfill our call. How many know that you need energy to fulfill your call? Amen. Even just to go to work, you need energy. <laughs> the other day I was making a sandwich. It was actually hard to make a sandwich. Like I was that tired. <laughs> Salami. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, you're making the wow. sandwich and you just like. It's <laughs> just slow. Oh, wow. So, this is important because spiritual strength is at the core of our being and will strengthen every other area of our lives. Hallelujah. It will help us to avoid injury in our lives. It will be somewhat of a light to others. When you have spiritual energy, like when you're fully tapped into God and you're, you're, you have the light of Jesus shining upon you, it's captivating to people. You guys know what I'm talking about? They, they, they see something different. They see something different about you. The way, Just the way you're... You show up. Hallelujah. And I want some of that. They're so loving. They're so caring. It's hard to be loving when you're tired. Yay. So I've shared this story before. Actually, uh, when I was in uh, pre uh, kindergarten, um, they had these. I went to private school. It was like a Christian private school. And it was actually kind of weird. Like... Like, you didn't raise your hand to talk to the teacher. You, you took a little flag, a Canada flag, and you put the flag on top of, the, of your desk, and then the teacher would come see. Anybody else ever seen that? It's kind of weird, right? It was like a Christian school. And uh, they had this thing called demerits. And when you got seven demerits, you would get a spanky. Like, there was a pallet. Like, back in the day, where the principal had a big pallet. And I remember one day, like, hearing just some, some young man in agony <laughs> <laughs> screaming his head off, like, this is hurting, right? So anyways, I'm in kindergarten, and I get seven demerits. So it, it, you know what happens, right? I knew what happened. I just, all I can remember is that one guy, like, what I heard yelling. <laughs> he was... He was in the principal's office. So, but what was good is that, as weird as it sounds, my dad was the principal. Right? So, he was actually pioneering like one of the first evangelical schools in Quebec. Like every, everything else is Catholic. So he was kind of pioneering that in the area. He had this program called ACE that he was uh, using. And anyways, so my teacher brought me to my dad, and my dad just flopped me right on his lap, and he was going to spank me. He had his hand up, and I was like, oh my gosh. 
This is going to hurt. And guess what? He just, he just spanked me. It didn't even hurt. Like, he just, he pretended to spank me. Hallelujah. I know what I think of my dad. I'm like, I love you, dad. <laughs> so the name of the message tonight is Staying Steady in Times of Weakness. Okay, so last week I was talking about priorities. I don't know who was here last week. And I was talking about how to prioritize your life. A, is it kingdom focus? B, are you anointed to do it? C, is it with the partners God has chosen you for? D, are, you, are your motives right? Seeing the right motives. Does it bring you closer to God? That's, that's what I talked about, prioritizing in your life. Number two, how to have the courage to let go of things that hinder growth. How to have courage to let go of things that hinder our growth. Today I'm going to be talking about how to have the energy to hold on to the good things. Hallelujah. So how, how do you have courage to let go? Start by taking small risks. And then as a B, develop and start working towards your vision. See what is your investment to fruit ratio. Amen. Is that investment to fruit ratio? And that that you can really figure that out in a long period of time. You can't figure that out in six months. Amen. Because when you're planting seeds, it takes a bit of time. Yep. The farmer's planting, planting, planting. Nothing. You don't see anything for a while. But I mean, after three years, if you don't see anything, then you know there's maybe it's not the right soil, or maybe it's not the right focus. Hallelujah. So, now today we're going to talk about how to hold on to good things, how to have the energy to hold on to these good things. So, uh, and I'm going to focus on, on, on part D right now. So I'm just going to say A, B, C. A was worship God and thank Him ahead of time for what He will do. Be pressed through times of offense. <laughs> of offense equals lack of willingness. Hallelujah. Someone who is offended, their willingness starts to dwindle. You guys with me? But what I was saying is, you press through the offense, you continue to worship, regardless of the offense, regardless of, uh, of what's wrong, you continue to worship through it. And that will actually help you to discern those good things that you have to hold on to. And then I said, look at the big picture. See, look at the big picture. Like, like I was saying about the field, is that, if you're just looking at what at the soil and you're not thinking about the whole forest, hallelujah, it's hard to just to not you're you're not seeing anything. But if you think of the big okay, like in two years I'm gonna plant this, this is gonna happen. You look at the big picture, it actually gives you energy to keep going. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, but today we're we're focusing on D. Keep contending until what you believe for happens. Keep contending. Keep going for it. Keep showing up. Keep fighting. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. But how? That sounds really easy. <laughs> it sounds easy. And really, everything that we do in our life depends on our, the energy level that we have. Our energy is so important. It's like, it's like not having gas in the car. And, and, and as much as we want to have a lot of energy, a lot of times we don't have control over that. Hallelujah. But there's some things that we can try to do. We can try to, there's different things we can, we can, usually when you try a bunch of different things, all of those things combined actually help out in the long run. You see what I'm saying? If you're only doing push-ups, you might have some big arms that you're skipping leg day. Right? You've got to do a little bit of everything. Then you're going to have a, a good health. 
you know, drink some water. Uh, eat, like if, if, all, if all you do is drink more water, but you're not eating greens and you're not, right, you're not going to get healthier. So there, there's, a, there's a holistic approach to spiritual energy. Hallelujah. So I want to talk about Moses today a little bit. You guys remember the story of Moses? The Israelites are in captivity. And Moses has a call to save the people, to set them free. So what happened? Exodus chapter, verse 8 here. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord says. Let my people go. So that so so for for what? So that they may worship me. Hallelujah. That is the crux of the matter. As Christians, our greatest goal should be to see ourselves worshiping, intimate worshiping, and to see others come into worship. Like, like I, 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 you know how good it would make me feel to see my, my own kids with their hands lifted, worshiping God. Hallelujah. So really what we're contending for in our life is this worship. Hallelujah. We have to contend. Everything we're contending for, I believe as Christians, is, is to see people come. I mean, I can see someone get saved, but if they don't end up worshiping, then they're missing something. And they haven't gotten the whole equation of it. When you see someone worshiping, you can know that the fruit has come. Hallelujah. Yeah. I love that. Just the other day, I we did a bit of altar... Uh, you know, ministry, and I just, I, I told the guy, I'm like, just lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. He's a brand new, like, Christian. And he lifted up his hands, hallelujah. And, and it's like something clicked in his mind. He understood. I lift up my hands and surrender. And then today, I, he, he had his hands up, hallelujah. You see what I'm saying? That That's, and we're contending and we're fighting for worship. And it's hard because it's just like Paul in prison. He's in jail. He's fighting. Right? It's hard. You're in jail. You have to fight. It's like you have to... He raised up his hands and he started worshiping. Hallelujah. That worship wasn't easy. It's called a sacrifice of praise. So I'm going to challenge you guys tonight to actually sacrifice yourself. If you don't feel like praising, to, it's a sacrifice to do it anyways. Hallelujah. Can I hear at least maybe half of an amen? amen. Okay. <laughs> Give me a little bit of spiritual energy. Let me drive for you. <laughs> God is serious about worship. Now, Pharaoh was very stubborn. And that's the other thing we're fighting is stubbornness. <laughs> it took Pharaoh ten plagues to break his stubbornness. So why don't we stand up tonight? We're going to make some declarations. Hallelujah. We're going to say, let my family go. Let my finances go. Let my health go. Set me free, God. That's actually part of spiritual uh, energy is getting deliverance. Do you know that... Uh, there's a spirit of heaviness that can come upon us. And the Bible says, what does it say? Put on the garment of praise 
for the spirit of heaviness. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right. Does it say you're going to slip into the garment of praise no. by yourself? <laughs> Does it say the garment of praise is going to fall on your head? No. <laughs> put it. You got to put it on. You got to put on that garment of praise. And that's what I'm saying. When you press through in praise, that spirit of heaviness comes off of you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So uh, I'm sure you guys are all familiar with the story of Saul and David. So do you guys remember um, what happened there? So there, there's the, the you know the plagues and all that. Moses. You got to contend through the stubbornness. That stubborn thing. 1 Samuel, chapter 16, 23. Let David remain in my service, for he has found favor in my sight. And whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well. And the harmful spirit departed from him. Hallelujah. Saul disobeyed. And so sin actually brings heaviness to our life. But you see, David was called to come, and when he played the worship, when he played the music, those spirits left. So that's why I want to encourage you to come and partake of the worship time. I always tell people, try, try to make it on time for the worship. Because a lot of times, uh, the lack of energy, and I'm not saying that's, that's always what it is, but it could be that. Right, it, it could there could be uh, you know spirits trying to weigh you down, uh, you know they they could be outside, they could be uh, trying to torment you. I mean everybody gets attacked. There's <laughs> it's just how it is. Most people are not aware of the spiritual realm that's around them. Do you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? That's right. They're like, man, I just don't feel so. I just don't feel good. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know what's going on. I feel bad. I got all these thoughts, and then you see people talking to themselves quite a bit. You, you, you know what I'm talking about? They're talking out loud? Yeah. Yeah. But there, a lot of times people are not aware that there's a spiritual realm. And that's why I always say, like, come, come to the worship, because it's going to soothe your soul. David, when he played, it soothed Saul. It soothed him. Hallelujah. Good. So after that, what happened is that David kills Goliath. Right? And then uh, Samuel talks to Saul and tell, tells him basically, like, it's over, buddy. Like, you blew it. Right? You missed your shot. You see, God was very patient with Saul. He had a lot of chances. And God is a God of grace and mercy. But I, for me, anyways, for my own personal life, I don't try to push God over the edge. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? There's a time where God says enough is enough. Hallelujah. It's true. Not, it's not like Saul died. He just missed out on what God wanted to do in his life. Right? He had to live with the consequences. First Samuel 18 here, verse 7. The woman sang as they played and said, Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul became very angry. So see, that, that's where 
Saul's problem pretty much started from was a, a spirit of jealousy, right? And then from that day on, look at what it says. So what, what, what do you see there? You see a, an offense that happened in Saul's heart. And Saul was jealous and did not trust David from that day on. That was the start of his demise. Was that one... He just got jealous that people were praising David more. They were, they were singing about David, not about him. And an offense came. And sometimes we could do that in our life. It's, it, it, it's whatever it is, there's an offense that's caused. And we say, for the rest of my time, for the rest of my life, for the rest of this week, hallelujah, for the rest of the day, for the rest of this month, I'm going to have an offense. He did not trust David from that day on. I just, by the way, I just got a prophecy last week. The guy said you're going to be preaching a little bit harder. So it's not my fault. Okay? <laughs> I'm just trying to... <laughs> so, so, so picture this. Okay, so, so now... Uh, so there's David playing the harp while Saul is being tormented. Hallelujah. It's a nice picture, right? David beats Goliath. So Saul, what happened after that? Saul. So uh, Samuel dies, okay? And then he's trying to get rid of everybody that's speaking to spirits, to all the witches. Saul is trying to get rid of them, okay? <laughs> but on that day the Philistines brought their soldiers together to attack Israel Ashish I, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right told David of course you know that you and your men must fight as part of our Philistine army so did you know that actually David joined the Philistines did you know that do you see what that offense caused? And, and David, what did David say? That will give you a chance to see for yourself just how well we can fight against the Israelites. <laughs> so here's a Philistine. What does the Philistine say? You and your men will always be my bodyguards. But that's, that's getting quite pathetic. Hallelujah. Division and, and anger and, and jealousy can cause all kinds of strife. And then, and then there's a dwindling that happens. And it's slow. But now you, you get to the point where David is almost on the other side. I mean, David had a plan throughout that. And, and David, actually, you know, he wasn't really on the other side. But, but do you see the picture? There's Saul, like Israelites fighting against Israelites. Hallelujah. Messy. It's messy, right? Friendly fire. Friendly. <laughs> Strange fire. <laughs> and then what does he do? So how bad does it get? Saul, he calls up a witch. So he's trying to get rid of the witches, and then he gets to the point where he calls the witch. Hallelujah. Oh, God. It's, you see, that's the, I was saying this last week. When, when things start dwindling, it's not like you go from all the way up here to all the way down here. There's a dwindling that happens. And then you, you can end up in a very low place. Hallelujah. And then other people that haven't seen you in a while, they're like, whoa, what happened to you? Right? Well, you're not seeing it. And I love it. Because in this kingdom, it's the opposite. People that are down here, you see them, what's the opposite of dwindling? Rising. Hallelujah. They're rising up. And sometimes they don't even realize it that they're rising up. And I'm there cheering them on. 
I see it. I see it. Maybe you don't see it, but I see what's happening in your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're seeing change in someone's life, and you're like, I, they're like, I don't, I don't see it. No, I see it. You're rising, buddy. <laughs> it's amazing. We're all called to help people rise up. That is the best feeling in the world. I had a whole church helping me to rise up. I was at the bottom. I was under the rock. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Ever been under, under the rock? Yeah, I've slept under a rock. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's seven years now. Things are starting to look better. Hallelujah. Right? Hallelujah. Don't get discouraged. If you've been, if you were under a rock two years ago and now you're starting to come out, don't get discouraged that it's not all glamorous. But I'm telling you guys, as you keep on walking and as you keep on seeking the Lord, I believe it. I'm speaking for myself because I've seen it happen in my life. I've seen God align everything. He's aligned everything. And then you get to that point where you have so much spiritual energy. And that's where we want to be. Hallelujah. We want to be in that place where we're not seeking the world for answers. We're not seeking weird things. Uh, new age stuff and whatever, like weird breathing techniques. I don't know. Like I'm not against some of that stuff, but you know what I'm talking about. It's okay to breathe and all that, but if you're, when there's a spiritual aspect to it, yeah. you don't need all that stuff for energy. Hallelujah. So here are some traps. Sin traps. <laughs> okay? So justification. So justifying our sin. That means like, you know what? I was having a bad day and justifying. Normalizing it. Well, everybody else does it. It's legal. It's, right? Hiding. I'm just going to hide it. I'm going to let it fester for a while. <laughs> that, those, are, uh, those are traps. Those are traps. Because, because what happens is that after a while, you're entangled in sin and it's hard to put on the garment of praise over your garments, over those dirty garments that you're not willing to take off. It's hard to put on that garment of praise. So you can look, it can look like you're worshiping, it could look like you're, you know, you're a good church boy, right? But you're not, you're not having an encounter with God. You're not pressing through. You're trying to put on this garment of praise but you're in that trap. And the enemy wants to get your mind off of Jesus and onto other people. Can I hear a hallelujah tonight? So God, I'm asking right now that every tormenting spirit would be quiet in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we just take off your grave clothes. Just take it off. Put on that garment of praise. Procrastination. I'll fix it later. Right? <laughs> any, any procrastinators in this place? Is it just me? <laughs> this week I... I said, uh, I was, I, I started Monday, okay, Monday, I started, I had vitamins, glass of water, and a salad. Tuesday, <laughs> I had a salad, right, again. Wednesday, I had another salad. Thursday, I got in a bit of an argument, and I had a big pizza. I justified it. I'm 
I'm just not saying. I stole that joke, by the way. Okay, where are we at? So, <clears throat> there's something I love about David. David was meek. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I love that. Remember David had an opportunity to kill Saul. And what did he do? He just cut off his garment, and he's like, tit, 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 I could have killed you. I could have killed you, but I didn't. Hallelujah. And we're going to look at that a little bit at the end. How does meekness fall into this? The secret to spiritual strength. Hallelujah. So, we looked at Moses and we looked at David. Hallelujah. Who could say that these guys went through quite a bit? Quite a bit of stuff. You look at David's life and you're like, it's like a yo-yo. Anybody else here ever had a yo-yo life? Just a little bit. <laughs> Moses, living in a palace, having everything at his fingertips, getting kicked out, becoming a nobody. You know, for your, for your ego, right? Obviously in the spirit, he was becoming somebody. So uh, don't be scared if your actual if if your outside world doesn't look as good, right, as what it was before, because sometimes God is trying to transition you into your greater purpose. Don't get discouraged. That's what I'm talking about. When you have a, a, a picture, when you have the big picture in mind, when you ask God what is the big picture, you actually won't have this thing called self-pity. You'll have, you, you guys know what I'm talking about? Self-pity drains energy. God is wanting to position Moses to do something different, to do something great, to be a deliverer. But he, he was like a prince of Egypt. Hallelujah. Can you imagine what it's like to be a prince? Like, he, everything smells good? Everything tastes good? I, I, I fall asleep on a chinchilla bed? Like, come on. And then, and then I'm, I'm going into the desert and I'm sleeping on a rock with snakes. Hallelujah. It's okay. We go through these rock seasons. We go through these desert seasons. That doesn't mean that God's not with you. When you have the big picture, you can actually have the stamina and the energy to see Pharaoh say no and to be stubborn for 10 plagues. And you're like, I'm trying everything and nothing's working. Hallelujah. But Moses kept going. I, and, and is there something in your life where you have to contend for? I want you to ask God, what is that thing? And, and it's like, the first nine times, there was no breakthrough. The first nine times, nothing happened. Keep contending. Look at the big picture. God's not done with you yet, I'm telling you. I want you to get it stirred up in your spirit tonight. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Wakey, wakey. <laughs> So number one, this might surprise you, how to get spiritual strength. Number one, life partners. And when I'm talking about life partners, I'm not necessarily talking about a husband and a wife. I'm talking about 
a bro. I'm talking about someone that's willing to go pick you up at 3 in the morning. Hallelujah. If you don't have one of those, and if you haven't identified that person, I want you to think about that this week. And I want you to find, and I want you to pray that you find that person that's going to go the extra mile for you. Hallelujah. That's going to fight for you. <laughs> okay, let's look at this. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Whoop, whoop. Who wants a return for their labor? Come on. Two. I want a return. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. You see how you don't have to have all the energy in the world? It's okay if you, you're out of energy. When you have a partner, that partner picks you right back up. Hallelujah. But pity to anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for my life partners, for my ministry partners. And I like how he says two, but then he goes to three. Hallelujah. Three. So what does that mean? That means that could be four. But the point is you need, I believe that every life partner, if you cherish and you value that relationship, hallelujah, if it's with the right person, then nothing can stop you. There will be good return for your labor. You cannot be overpowered when there's more than one. I believe that. Try pushing a car by yourself. It's kind of hard. Two people, you can push the car. Hallelujah. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So what else? So uh, David had Jonathan. You guys remember that? Now it came about when he had finished speaking to Saul that the soul of Jonathan, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as himself. Hallelujah. Sometimes we have to be careful who we knit our souls with. Have you guys ever heard of soul ties? They're hard to break. So I'm very careful who I partner with. Right? You guys, you guys with me here? Because there is this... You can love someone as much as you love yourself. It's possible. You love that person so much. And you know, soul ties are not always bad. That's right. They're always referred to as bad things. You know what? I'm willing to open my life up to other people and to knit my soul with them. Why? Because two is better than one. Hallelujah. Come on. This is good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I guarantee you that most of your problems stem from your isolation or knitting with the wrong person. I want you to open up your soul tonight to be willing and open your heart to actually knit your soul to someone who loves you, who actually cares for you. And this is good. Because two is better than one. <laughs> Have you identified your life partners? Look at this. Exodus chapter 17, verse 12. When Moses' arm grew tired. See, Moses is getting tired. He's praying. What happened? Aaron... 
And Hur brought a stone for him to sit on. He's like, just sit down. And held up his arms for him. How do you have more energy? Stop trying to do it by yourself. Have someone else hold up your arms sometimes. Hallelujah. Come on. This is good. Hallelujah. And then what happened? In this way, Joshua totally defeated the Amalekites. Hallelujah. It's not even Moses doing it. Like the, his buddies were helping him to pray. Hallelujah. Do you need a little kick sometimes? Come on. Come to the prayer meeting. We got prayer meetings on Thursday, by the way. We'll help you. Raise up raise up your arms. I need some I need someone to raise my arms. Sometimes I call people and I'm like, can you raise my arms? I don't tell them like that, but I'm just like, I don't know why I'm calling you, but I'm just calling you. I'm tired. Can you raise my arms? I'm not gonna tell you that's what it's for, but can you do it? Like I'm tired. Can you just can you do that for me? Hallelujah. Mm, praise God. Do you have that person in your life that you could do that for? And I, I'm just going to open up the lines. You call me anytime. If you need someone to hold up your arms, call me in Bora anytime. Hallelujah. That way you can save some of your energy. Number two, ascend to the hill of the Lord. How do you ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not trust in an idol or swear by false gods. What does it say? Number five. Can you guys read that? Can you guys read that? They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Yeah. Such is the generation. Which generation? The ones that are receiving blessings. <laughs> Those who seek his face. If you ascend the hill of the Lord, clean hands, pure heart, you're going to receive blessings. That's what it says, right? Am I reading the same verse? If you don't trust in false idols. Is it easier to receive blessings than to strive for them? It's a lot easier to receive them. A lot less energy. Hallelujah. Why? Clean hands, pure hearts, nobody has anything to say against you. The best businesses are the ones that have clean hands and a pure heart. What did Jesus do? Jesus went up the mountain. Right? What did he say? Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. And having dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And evening having arrived, he was there alone. Hallelujah. If Jesus needs to go in the mountain by himself to pray, do you think that maybe we need to do that too? Hallelujah. Mark chapter 1, verse 3. For early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and slipped out to a solitary place to pray. On the mountain. Do you guys remember Moses? Do you remember Moses? What what happened to Moses? He went on the mountain, and then when he came back, what what, what did he look like? He was glowing. He was glowing. Do you think he can do like ten cartwheels at that moment? <laughs> Hallelujah. And when you go up on the mountain of the Lord, you come back glowing. Maybe you don't see it, but other people see it. <clears throat> you know when someone prays for me, I can actually tell them, wow, you've been praying a lot, eh? I could feel it. When someone prays for me and they haven't prayed for two months, I don't feel anything in their prayer. <laughs> I'm like, 
Any, any, anybody know what I'm talking about? No? Just me? I could tell if someone's, when they pray for me, I'm like, shabam. Like, <laughs> wow. You don't look like it, but you've been praying all, like, woo. I could feel it, man. You got a deep relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. Those are the kind of people you want to pray for you. By the way, we had a little girl come in. And she comes in. She smells like weed and booze and... Right? Derek was there. She, we met her. But... She wanted to commit suicide. Between us. Okay? She wanted, she wanted to die. Just, just as the, like last week, I think? Yeah, this week. Last week. She's like... I, 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 I'm having thoughts of killing myself right now. And I'm like, I'm like, Bora, can you pray for her? So Bora starts praying. Hallelujah. Little tear comes down. She leaves. See, Bora has, she's got her mountain. She brought down her mountain with her. Hallelujah. And she actually, like her... Her coming to Bora was actually part of that ascent. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like Bora's not at the top of the like. You see she, there was an ascent happening as she came and partook of her height in the mountain. She got spiritual. She left happy, and then she came back and she's like, "Man, I she she talked about it like five times. I can't believe that prayer. I can't believe that God answered my prayer." She was looking for a place. She she, she was suicidal. God answered my prayer. And I'm like, well, that, have you ever asked Jesus in your heart? Like, uh, have you? Uh, and, you know, she's like, well, I got all this other thing. I believe everything. And, you know, a little bit of, needs a bit of a discipleship, right? When I'm like, but then she's like, well, you know what? Bora told me when I get home just to go on my bed and just to ask God to come into my heart. And I did that. I was like, hallelujah. Come on. Let's give Jesus a round of applause. Yeah. Hallelujah. She came with her head down and left with her head up. That's what the mountain of the Lord does. It gives you energy. And that's why, you know, when we... I, when I first became a... When I first you know, gave my life to Jesus, I would go to the altar every single time. Ask Boris, she probably knows. <laughs> now I'm too cool. I'm, I'm too spiritual. I'm already up the mountain. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, like that you cannot ever not get enough prayer. Hallelujah. Okay, so and almost done here. Um, how to have spiritual energy? Fight when if you're fighting for something that's bigger than yourself. There's a vacuum that's actually pulling you. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you guys, can you guys understand what, what this principle? When you go up higher, when, when, you, when there's something, when there's a larger current pushing you, when you're in something bigger than yourself, that's what the church is, is something bigger than ourselves, that church is actually pushing you, hallelujah, like that, that, that current you're in that current. It's bigger than you and it's pushing you. Hallelujah. All the boats are going the same speed. Right? It's, it's pushing you. Because you're actually in that anointing. I believe every church has a specific anointing. There's a specific call. And when you jump on the boat, you're going somewhere with them. Hallelujah. You don't have to swim so hard to try to go where you're trying to go. Hallelujah. Man, this is good. Woo! <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, unless you're trying to have big arms and you want to do it all yourself and you're trying to swim and get to where you're trying to go and you want to do it all yourself, right? Hallelujah. 
Every joint supplies. Supplies what? Energy. Every joint of the body supplies something. Good. Man, this... You want energy? Get right into the church and, and let's all go together. Where are you going? You're going there? You're going here? Well, let's, let's all go, go, go where you're going, but let's go together. I'll help you get where you're going, right? But we're all moving together. Hallelujah. It's like birds flying. They, have you ever noticed how birds fly? They're all together. Why? One bird flying by itself has to use way more energy to get across the country. Who wants to get into V formation right now? Come on. <laughs> They're with something bigger than themselves. So that, that big V is making that when they're flying, they don't even have to try so hard anymore. They're in the formation. Every joint supplies. They're flying. Getting that, that draft, you know, when you're behind someone? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Just come right come right behind me. I'm going to go right behind Bora. You go in the front, Bora. <laughs> Not a lot of people want to be in the front. And that's what I'm going to talk about next. Delegate. That's a hard one. But have you noticed how the how the birds, the one in the front's not always the one in the front. That's right. There's a rotation that happens. Yeah. Are you willing to go in the front? Are you willing to take the front position? where you're taking most of the draft. And if you're always in the front, you can get tired. Hallelujah. So delegate. Moses, Exodus chapter 18, Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear, you will only wear yourself out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. 19. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Uh, teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live. So then he's like, like basically he selected men, uh, select the best capable men from all the people, trustworthy men, and that, that's the hard part about leadership is you can't always let anybody go in the front and, and take the draft, right? Because there's a qualifier for delegation. Can I hear an amen? Select capable men from all the people who fear God. See how important that is? Fear God. Trustworthy. Can I trust you? When you say you're going to do something, are you going to do it? Men who hate dishonest gain. And appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Praise the Lord. Almost done, guys. You guys are good. I am done. Rest. That's pretty obvious, right? Rest. Do I have to show you a verse to prove that? <laughs> Pretty obvious, right? Take a day off, Bora. <laughs> Give me a five. Take a day off. Unplug. Shut your phone off. Or, I don't know, if you like your phone, watch YouTube. I don't know. But rest. And for some reason, one of the thoughts that came to my mind as I was uh, talking about rest is this, this uh, principle of tithing. Because a lot of our energy goes towards 
finances, right? And there's something about tithing that puts you to rest in your finances. That you know you don't have to strive, you don't have to try so hard, and you don't have to worry at the end of the month that God's going to provide for you because you did your part, you tithed, you gave 10%, and there's a resting... Are you guys with me on that? I don't even got to... I don't stress about finances for my, for my family. I don't, I don't worry about it. Because I know... And actually, we, we, we're going to start tithing the businesses too. <clears throat> it is. Woo! I get energy when I give. Mm -hmm. I get excited. Yep. It's true. <laughs> okay. We're done. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Hallelujah. Pray in tongues. What does that say? You guys know this verse? Jude chapter 1 verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourself up in the, your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, when you're praying in tongues, it's actually building your spirit, man. Sometimes I just know I need to be praying in tongues. Anybody else with me? You're just like, and then you pray in tongues for one hour and you're like, I still have to pray in tongues. It's just a knowing. It's a knowing in your spirit. And, and when you're done, you're like, wow, I feel so much better. So I want to challenge you guys to pray in tongues. So uh, maybe Matt, could you come and... Spiritual strength helps us to resist temptation. Spiritual strength is not always pulling the trigger, but being able to restrain yourself from pulling the trigger. That's called meekness. David could have killed Saul. But he had spiritual strength. I mean, look at the Psalms. David, like he was the one playing the guitar. Right? So he was soothing himself all the time. And he had enough spiritual strength to not pull the trigger. Hallelujah. He had other falls, but... Spiritual strength is your ability, okay, to be either a lion when it's time to be a lion, or to be a lamb when it's time to be a lamb. Are you strong enough to be a lamb in this circumstance? strong enough to be a lamb? Are you strong enough to be a lion? Because it's going to take spiritual strength for both. And depending on the situation, you have to either be one or the other. Hallelujah. And maybe you're more of a lion person and, and it's easier for you to confront everything and to always be right and to make everything good and, and, and to hold on and to fight and to be fierce so maybe you need to have more spiritual strength to forgive and to love and to hold and to hug and to smile and to love are you strong enough 
Jesus was strong enough to go on the cross. Can we sing that song, The Lion and the Lamb? Do you know that one? 